with rising billions, disrupting tradition, always be closing, gaining exponential wisdom from street smart strategies. I dream the kind of dreams that other people said would not be possible. Free your mind. Nothing happens till something moves. I'm a big fan of going all in on your strengths. Create your blue ocean. Innovation and collaboration with competition. Do you want to sell sugar water for the rest of your life? Or do you want to come with me and change the world? Creating a contested market space. I worry that people don't tap into their strengths. Wealth creation and a new economy entrepreneur. There is a very thin dividing line between success and failure. Witnessing unprecedented technology. You can fail at what you don't want. So you might as well take a chance on doing what you love. Welcome to the Think Bold, Be Bold Show with Christopher Cumbie and Alan Witch. Hi, it's Christopher Cumbie with Think Bold, Be Bold, and I'm here with my awesome co-host, my only co-host, Alan Witch is in the house. How are you doing, Alan? I'm doing great. Having a great morning. Happy to be alive and... Uh, Real appreciative of our guest today, and it's great to see your face, Chris. How are you doing? I'm doing fantastic, and, you know, this show is, uh, you know, becoming becoming something of, uh, of a thing, Alan. You know, we're getting a lot of attention, and things have just been um, just going at light speed. Obviously, uh, you know, I launched uh, a couple of different things and we're going on to C-Suite Radio, which is going to be really exciting at uh, the summer, uh, later in the summer. And um, we've got uh, just an amazing lineup of guests that keep coming. And uh, our guest today is going to be, uh, with no exception, bringing you some goods. So get out your journal, make some notes. The golden nuggets always flow in this uh, in this show. And uh, Alan, without uh, you know further ado, let's uh, let's introduce him. Awesome, awesome. You know, we get a chance to, uh, as of late, um, opportunities and people and guests have really, um, really come our way. And for a while, you know, for probably the first several months, we were on the hunt. We were constantly looking for people putting our flag up. Uh, you know, putting you know, throwing things up in the air, not really necessarily knowing exactly what to do. But uh, that turned around pretty quick. And in the last, this last year, we are been, being inundated, if that's a good, I'll use that word as a good word, uh, for folks with uh, lots of character and lots of value that want to be on the show. And that's a, that's an honorable place to be. It means we're doing something right. Somebody likes uh, what we're doing and likes what we're talking about. And uh, today's guest is no is no difference. You know, entrepreneurs historically, the ones that have been around a long time, they don't work really on their business or even in their business. They work on scalable ideas. They work on ideas that bring a lot of value and a lot of wisdom and a lot of benefit to a large group of people, and then they attract, you know, the rest, whatever else is needed. And in that rest, well, that rest is where our guest today, uh, Genius Zone, lies. So, Peter Winnick, welcome to uh, Think Bull, Be Bold, my friend. Hey, thanks for having me. You betcha. Well, Peter, thanks for taking some time out and having a chat with us. Um, we always appreciate it, of course. And, you know, I always like to ask the first question and get the uh, get the show on the road and, you know, help us understand 
you know, that journey, you know, leadership and, and the things you've been working on and, and bringing people together and also bringing your wisdom uh, to help them, you know, with what they're working on and growing. And um, let's just uh, give us a little bit of background on yourself. So the audience, uh, for what Alan wasn't able to fill in, uh, you can give us uh, some of those gaps. Sure. I don't know how far we want to go back, but, uh, you know, I'm the CEO and founder. The minute you, you open your eyes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was a dark and stormy night. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, <laughs> um, so I'm the founder and CEO of Thought Leadership Leverage. We're a boutique consulting firm, and we work exclusively with authors, thought leaders, and speakers that have content that has a, a, a business application. So we don't do self-help, et cetera. Um, my back, you know, how I got where I am today is sort of a, a the typical entrepreneurial approach, which is means it's not typical, right? It's not linear and it's not following necessarily uh, doing these things in this specific order as, and everything goes according to plan. And then, you know, at day 5,000, you wind up here. Um, I've always been entrepreneurial in terms of uh, you know, as a kid, earlier in my career, starting businesses, uh, selling businesses, buying businesses, that kind of thing. And simultaneously, which I thought was an unrelated uh, track, quite frankly, was always passionate about good business content, you know, reading lots of business books. And back in the day when magazines, if you're under 30, Google that term or paper, they would be pretty <laughs> thick and they'd come to this thing called a mailbox before the word he was there and uh, right. would be filled with information. Um, I don't think they exist anymore or they do. They're really, really skinny. You can put four in your pocket. Um, sure. so it was always consuming content. And then, uh, about, uh, I don't know, 12, 15 years ago, um, those two worlds came together, uh, when I was the COO of a boutique consulting firm and then, uh, got recruited to come on board and, uh, uh, lead a turnaround at a uh, company that was basically in the, in the, uh, content business presentation skills company. So, uh, here we are today. And, and then Sweet. here you are today. What, um, tell us about your book. And about my, I don't you know, for the audience, book. tell us about how to maximize the book. Sorry. Um, you know, tell us how to maximize a book, not your book specifically. How do I maximize my book? So let's, let's, uh, let's, let's just turn on to a, a case study here and show people. So I wrote a book last year called think, uh, sorry, not think we'll be bold. That's a show. Uh, it's called the success playbook. Um, sure. yeah, you know, I, I, I wear many hats. <laughs> so, what do I, what do I do? Like how, if I came to you, how are you going to help me? Yeah. So first of all, in, in, uh, the spirit of, of, uh, full disclosure, I've talked more people out of writing books than anybody else I know. So that's sort of, uh, <laughs> all right. Great. And, 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 there, and there's a reason for that. And the reason is I, you know, I've been around the block. I've earned these gray stripes. Um, more often than not, you know, writing a book and, and you, I would assume would concur with this is an enormous task. It takes a lot of time, energy, effort, resources, dollars, opportunity costs, etc. I had an opportunity to speak uh, was a year or two ago at a uh, business book award event. Uh, so I spoke to I had a room of about 40, 50 people that had just won best in class for the business book they wrote. So th these are not knuckleheads. These are pretty smart folks that have written books. And I said to them, well, let's think about your book in terms of time, energy, investment that you spend, let's say from six months before it came out. When you're writing the book to about three, four, five months after, right? So that big time crunch. And I, I asked them ultimately, what percentage of your time was dedicated to the book? And the average that we got was about 65%. I said, well, that's a big 
chunk of time, 65% of nine months of your life. If, was, if I was good in math, I can figure that out, but I think it's a half, <laughs> half a year. Right? So, so yeah, that's a big, that's a big number. Yeah. So then I said to them, great. So let's, let's work backwards and figure out what percent of your income was directly derived from that effort, meaning book sales. And, mm -hmm. uh, it sure. came about, you know, wasn't 65%, wasn't 50, wasn't 40, 5%. So I said, wait a minute, I can, can I make you that deal now to buy half a year of your time for 5% of your income? And nobody took the deal. Right. So the wow. reason I, I, I bring that up is, is, um, if you're going to write a book and writing a book is a great thing to do. There's a lot of work and strategic thinking you have to do and productization that you have to do before to say, why am I writing this book? What is the goals? What is success mm -hmm. going to look like? So I'm not sitting here six months later, $100,000 upside down going, wow, that that was like, uh, you know, giving birth to, to triplets or something. Like, <laughs> what, what is success? Not that we would like? ever know. <laughs> I hear it's not a good thing. I, I you know, right. I hear it's probably right. not fun um, unless you're on meds, you know knocked out for that. Sure. Um, so I think, you know, the, the, there is no magic answer to here's how to make your book a success. Success means different things for different people. It could be, uh, you know, one of the reasons you were put on this planet is to write this book more often than not the people that I'm working with. Um, it's about driving the business side of their world, the content side of their world. So right. who are you writing it for? How are you getting it out there? What is it? The world doesn't need another book on sales, leadership, management, all the things that we see. It needs a good book or something, somebody with something unique to say that I haven't heard before and that has a plan to get it out there. I don't know if that answered your right. question or not, but that's... Uh, yeah. yeah, it does. And, and, you know, so I'll give you my perspective. You know, I wrote my book for my kids. Um, it was something to leave behind. It was always my objective. It was just something that I knew that I would do. It took me a little while to get there. Obviously, it takes an enormous amount of time. And it was, you know, primarily for my family. You know, something that you know, will remain okay. when I'm, when I'm not. Um, but it was something that I was able to leverage in many other ways because people who, um, you know, hear that you wrote a book and you're an author, it lends some credibility and that credibility then pushes uh, things up and I'm good at what I do from a sales consulting side. So um, generally, you know, that book came in handy and not knowing it at the time, because it was called a playbook. I'm also a coach and I, um, I run something called the kick-ass sales game. Mm -hmm. So without knowing it, like a lot of times, as you mentioned, as entrepreneurs, a lot of pivots, a lot of moves, but you know, somehow the vision came together and uh, I've got a game, I've got a playbook and I help coach people. So it, it does have something that I can lend now together and, um, and, and, and that wasn't necessarily something that I knew at the time, but right. to the right. point, the book was, uh, something that I really wanted to do and, uh, you know, put that effort in. It was very difficult, you know, running businesses and I found unique ways to be able to do it and get it done and, uh, and publish it and so forth. Um, is it paying the bills? Not directly. But it's doing something along that journey, as you're mentioning, and that's probably how you help people um, with what they can do with it and obviously reverse engineer, as I'm hearing, where do you want to go with it? What do you want it to do? You know, and so forth and so on. So interesting. Thank you for uh, for sharing that. And for those who want to write a book, you know, talk to Peter first and he'll help you uh, reverse engineer it. <laughs> Alan, what do we got? Uh, what do we got for Peter? <laughs> Increasing our digital DNA is something that uh, you, you hear a lot about uh, in, in all sorts of uh, medias today. 
and uh, expanding our brand and so forth. And a lot of ways to do that is to take the things we know that work, take the things that, that Peter, you mentioned a minute ago that, that create scale, that, that generate business, that, that generate income or value, <clears throat> or push your idea a little farther down the path. How do we take what we know that works, we've already created in some form, some message, uh, some tool, and how do we repurpose that? Why do we repurpose that? And how do we use that then to gain that scale and to gain that exposure that we haven't been able to get so far? Yeah, it's 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 a great point. So uh, one of the things that's pretty unique about being in the content business, which to me means you're generating an income based on your thoughts, your ideas, your concepts, your models, mm -hmm. et cetera, is that most folks in this business are inherently creative people. Right. They love to create stuff. They love mm -hmm. to write. They love to, to blog. They love to do all these sort of things to get it out there. And in some degree, strictly from uh, uh, an efficiency standpoint, from a business best practices standpoint, it's kind of dumb. Right. So if you were in the real estate business and you liked the part where you got to design homes and build them, but not so much the part where you like to rent them or sell them, you'd be bankrupt pretty quickly. Right. right. However, in the content space. Mm -hmm. You sell just enough to keep your head above water and keep creating and creating and creating to survive. Um, my clients don't hire me to survive, right? They, they bring mm -hmm. us on board to help them thrive. So one of the things you mentioned, repurposing, it's a combination of constantly getting stuff out into the market. So quick, easy things, blogs, videos, et cetera, and then putting on your business hat and doing some analytics, right? So it doesn't matter what you think. So like I, I've written hundreds of blogs, and if you were to ask me when I wrote them which are the ones that would do better than others, I would be wrong 100% of the time. So right. that's great. So what I've learned is I don't care what I think. What I've learned is put it out there, watch the data, and, mm -hmm. and sometimes the things that you think were the, God, you know, the, that was the worst thing I've ever written, um, resonates. And sometimes you think that breakthrough that you had that's going to be your you know, E equal MC square, crickets, crickets, crickets. So you follow the data and you put it out there and and then you go, well, OK, so if they liked it in a blog, what else can I do with that? I can turn it into an infographic. I can turn it into a, an animated video. I can turn it into um, do another piece on it, uh, extend that concept, do an interview based on whatever that that piece of information is. And you refine it, you get smarter and smarter and repurpose it. I mean, some of the best things that we put out there from a marketing perspective for us started as a blog and now there's like eight flavors of the same thing right mm -hmm. and the and part of that mm -hmm. reason is um people have a content consumption preference right and a lot of times we don't think about mm -hmm. that so we think everybody thinks like us if i'm a if i like to write then i then i view the world through the lens of well everybody likes to read right if i like video then i view the world through the lens sure. of everybody watch only watches ted talks the trick is you're not that smart the trick is get it out you know there's one group of people that like to watch videos, one group that like to read, others that like more visual. Sometimes we all like a little bit of each. And if you're only serving one modality, you're yeah. uh, eliminating and, and, and putting an unnatural limit on, on the reach of your work. Perfect. Great, great, yeah. uh, great, great holistic uh, solution to the, you know, how do, how, do, how do I make this better? How do I make this provide more for me? How do I make this scale? How do I make this better for the end user? And how do I reach more people with the same book? Exactly. Exactly. Perfect. Perfect. 
So sorry, I'm writing notes here as I'm talking. If my if my head's down, it's because I've got notes all over my book. So <laughs> it's not that I'm not paying attention. I'm just writing a lot of notes. <laughs> same thing, same thing. Yeah. Um, and that's what we do. You know, I write down uh, certain things that come to me as you're talking or we're talking or an idea comes. But let me ask you a question and, and get some clarity for the audience, um, whether they're watching live or, you know, listening in later. Thought leadership. What is it? You know, you know who want who wants? Well, it's a it's a it's a it's a great concept. Who wants to do that? Who wants to be that? You know, give us a perspective from your point of view, Peter, on what all that means. Yeah. So first, let me define what it is according to me, which may or may not be right. Right. So sure. there's there's two elements to thought leadership. <laughs> sure. There's thought and there's leadership. Right. So right. The, the flip side of that is is you know thank you know thoughtless followership. I would actually argue that there's a lot of thoughtless followership out there. Just sure, I would agree. Sure. Something, geez, I've I've read this 38 times before. So mm-hmm. one is right. thoughtful. People are not stupid. The, the, you know, we we are blessed to live in a time where we have access to more information in more formats from more places in the planet than anyone in the history of the world. That's a great thing. However, mm-hmm. um, time has become our scarcest resource. So I am not going to spend five hours reading a book. That is that is drivel. That is just thoughtless. Sure. That is nothing. So that's the thought piece. The leadership piece means what are you doing to take whatever the discipline, the field, the space that you're in, sales, marketing, leadership, uh, uh, agility, resilience, negotiations, and be a leader there. So it doesn't mean you ignore everyone else in the space, but what are you doing to add to the conversation, to add to the dialogue, to get that discipline to a next space? So that's that's my definition of it. The other thing I would say is 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 you don't get there by calling yourself a thought leader. You know, guru makes me nauseous when I hear that I'm the the guru of Thank whatever. You. It, it's your <laughs> peers <laughs> and others that say, you know what, Christopher is a thought leader in blah blah blah, right? And uh, right. you know, don't call yourself that. So it's for others to acknowledge about what you. your contribution to the 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 conversation. Gotcha. Well, that's a great explanation. Thanks. And uh, what about the love guru, though? Come on. Can we not be love gurus? <laughs> All right. Well, yeah, that's outside of my, my practice. Yeah. But you want to be a love that's guru, a different podcast movie. for a different day. <laughs> yeah. That's where Mr. Midnight might come into play. Yeah, that is true. That is true. Well, thanks for uh, outlining that and I appreciate your viewpoint on it. And I agree. You know, today, more and more, it's about attention. You know, there's a lot coming at us. I mean, the TV, uh, Internet is where the TV was, you know, 40 yep. years ago. Um, and now that we have Facebook, Twitter, uh, Instagram, you know, Snapchat, I mean, they're, they're all channels. They're all channels to get information out and, and so forth. And, you know, how does one, you know, from your perspective, you know, choose the lane, you know, that they want to swim in? And then, you know, um, omit some of the other things that are going on or where do you bring them in at certain points? Because um, that's obviously important. Uh, we need to, you know, do this stuff today in order to get the attention out there. So, you know, from your point of view and, and what you've seen and, and what you work with people on, where does that fit in from uh, from a social media side of things? Uh, from from uh, Yeah. So uh, how would I how would I think about that? So so. That's largely a tactical question. And again, yeah. you know, you have to start with the strategy. 
So if you know who you are, if, if you know the market you're going to serve, if you know how you're going to serve them, then you got to figure out where to reach them. So you can't do that until you answer those questions. And what I find that happens too often is social media is cool, right? So Snapchat is cool, whatever. I don't make money being cool. I make money right. making money for my clients, right? So I need to figure out, you know, certain clients, LinkedIn is a great place to be. Other clients, if they're more visual, maybe Instagram. It depends on the, the demographic, the psychographic, et cetera. But people start going nuts and, and the, you know, one day they're a Twitter expert because they read an article and then they're tweeting all over the place. Mm-hmm. And then the next week they go, oh, have you heard of Snap? You know, whatever. I think you have to have a strategy. What's sure. They're fl- sorry, they're floppers. I call them floppers. Not a bad thing. But <laughs> it's a soccer term, but they're floppers. You know, they're creating yeah. something that doesn't exist. So I think, you know, if, you, if you've got your strategy, you know where the, the, the people are that you're trying to reach, then you use whatever tools that are out there to reach them within within reason. And, and it's, you know, there's only so many things that you can do simultaneously. So, the, you know, the other thing I would say is for most thought leaders, that's not even a question they should be answering directly right right they should have the help their job is to create the best content out there mm-hmm. in the best way that they can and do the research and serve their clients etc most of the I mean, you should have a, a, a little bit better than a cursor understanding of, of the landscape of social media but i don't know any of my successful clients that are really figuring out like you know how many tweets am i going to do today if, if you're sort of right. in that place you got to scratch your head and go the hell am i doing great and that's why i wanted to bring it up and and great answer and, and great perspective on that is because i think that a lot of people you know just start to do everything and they get overwhelmed and nothing happens and like you said earlier it's crickets um, because there was no objective or strategy to, you know, reverse engineer what path they wanted to get the attention of the people they're trying to get the attention from, whether it's Facebook, social, uh, Instagram, Twitter, yeah. whatever, you know, it may be. So thank you. Thank you for that clarity. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I think human nature is such because we all, we're, you know, we're all work hard. We're all doing the right thing is that we confuse activity with productivity. So if I'm tweeting right. all day, that felt like I accomplished something, but. What, what's the end result? Why are you doing it? Like, what's the, what's yeah. the point in doing it? Answer those questions. Yeah. And did it achieve yeah. an objective? If not, yeah. kind of noise. Yeah. yeah. And just yeah, because I, others are doing it doesn't necessarily mean it's the right thing to do or it's going to actually scale where you're where you're at. Peter, I want to go back a second. You talked about um, adding value to the conversation and so forth. And I think really good thought leaders and good entrepreneurs are really have a good handle on the on the value that they offer. Look towards ideas of movement. How can I create a, a a movement, if you will, with this idea, with this plan to really increase value for their organization or for their end user, whoever that might be? Talk to us a little bit about about your experience yeah. in creating and generating and and the longevity of a movement. Yeah, let me let me answer that question in two ways. The first way that I would say it is the way to make money in the content business is really, really simple. Ready? Here we go. Listen it. Right. You're in the business of changing behaviors at an individual level, people level Mm -hmm. that in the aggregate drive some business levers that are measurable. Right. right? Full stop. Right. So if you can show that by getting your work out to large groups of people in an organization, X happens. I sell more stuff. I shorten my sales cycle. Customer engagement goes up. I mean, there aren't that many things in business that we measure. Mm -hmm. Well, there actually are lots, but in terms of key things that you drive, if you can make Mm -hmm. the case that your stuff does that at a cost, you know, at a net benefit, meaning it's uh, the client's getting more benefit than they're paying you for it. Bang. That's a winner. Right. Mm -hmm. And oftentimes as a thought leader, 
people are too stuck in their own stuff and not realize, you know, they're stuck in the theoretical, not thinking about the applied. So if, if I'm a buyer, if I'm General Electric and I think you've got the greatest thing on sales, why would I spend a million dollars on it? Well, I'm not going to spend a million dollars on it because you're smart or snarky or I like your graphs or your models. I'm going to spend a million on it because I'm going to get some multiple of that million back in mm -hmm. some way sure. that I measure it. Sure, Period. Right. Um, Period. Now, where that doesn't play is in the consumer space. If, if you know, if you're in the the the, the self-help or whatever space, that's cool. That's an emotional uh, satisfaction, and that's cool. That's not the place mm -hmm. that we practice. So that's that's number one. I mean, you mentioned a movement. A movement is is really, to me, almost the byproduct of doing it well. Mm -hmm. Typically, people start with the movement, but it's like your stuff catches on. People use it. It makes their lives better, happier, more complete, gets them to do their job better, whatever. And then mm -hmm. they talk to others, and they talk to others, and they share it. And then you've got a movement. It's the movement it propagates on its after. own. Yeah. 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 I mean, you have to support that and design that and engineer mm -hmm. that. Um, I think what happens a lot is people want to start with, I'm going to create a movement to do X. And it's like, okay, but nobody knows who the heck you are and you haven't accomplished anything. And there's no measurable outcome of it. And all you did was get up there and say something cool in a TED talk. So now what? <laughs> right. Yeah. Now, yeah. What? now yeah. what? Yeah. What's that? What's, what's, what's that? What ingredient is that in what recipe? Right. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So what's the uh, challenging, right? And and what's the current state of content, you know, business? Where are, like where are we now? Like what what's going on in the marketplace that you're seeing that you can share with people? Um, you know, from so your I point think it's, it's it's an incredibly exciting time. I'll give you the good news and the bad news. The the, the bad news is, or or less than ideal news, if you're <laughs> is sure the, the publishing business is 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 an oxymoron, right? So to me, a business is something mm -hmm. that generates more profit than resources it done. Publishing, which was a traditional uh, cornerstone of thought leadership uh, and content, uh, as a business is, is, is really crappy right now. Yeah. Speaking is hard because you have a business with zero cost, zero barriers to entry. Everybody puts up a shingle, I'm a speaker, etc. cetera. Mm -hmm. um, so those are harder doesn't mean you don't want to be in those spaces and there aren't ways to be successful there. But the traditional model of 10 years ago for a even a, a, a not a rock star uh, thought leader or, 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 you know, it doesn't have to be a Jim Collins or whatever. But there's plenty of room for folks to write a book about every 18 months, get a decent advance, relatively mm -hmm. speaking, and then go out there and speak and make a really nice living. Rinse, lather, repeat, rinse, lather, repeat, whatever. Sure. Um, if you're not getting that that uh, advance and the profits off of a book. And speaking's harder. Um, that's interesting, right? So that's really yeah. the reason why we do what we do is there are more ways to consume content today than ever before, right? And you have to know that. And and it's the business side of content has gotten far more complex, uh, far more technical, uh, far more global than ever before. You know, most people can pretty much understand the business model of publishing and speaking pretty <laughs> easily and go, okay. Here's some things I need to do. But now you've got things, yeah. you know, you've got licensing, you've got assessment tools, you've got video-based learning systems. You've got, uh, you know, the, the world is global. The fastest growing market for management content <laughs> purchasers is BRIC, Brazil, Russia, India, China, because they've got yeah. the fastest growing management class in the history of the world. And they tend to love North American things. A lot of people don't, you know, so that's an interesting data point. Most authors and thought leaders go, geez, I, how would I get my stuff in India, huh? Okay, well. You're probably not going to figure that out on your own. Right. 
Right. So I think you know the short short answer is the old ways are not the ways that are going to continue to thrive in the future. And mastering sort of all the things that are happening digital and 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 uh, sort of the the newer ways to get content out there at scale is really where the money is. And there's never and you have one other one other point to that the the, the other sort of uh, way to monetize your content and your thought leadership is not just through the traditional training, development, educational path that mm-hmm. most people have gone. You know, I'm a, uh, you know, I've got content on X and I'm going to train people on it in, in various ways. Sure. But the marketing side of many organizations is actually a big consumer of content to give away to clients and prospects. And we've all mm-hmm. seen that on right. various commercials and all that kind of thing. That's interesting, right? So they're basically borrowing and leveraging your brand. It's it's, it's no different than what celebrity endorsement was for consumer products. Right. Or it still is for consumer products. Why did you know somebody's driving a fancy car and I guess I should get one and you know that kind of thing. Um, similar uh, patterns are happening more in the B two B space with thought leaders on the marketing side. Awesome. I got, I, I want to follow up a little bit with that in, in a unique way. So maybe it's not really a follow up at all. Say we've got uh, new <laughs> entrepreneurs. How's how you like that? Say we've got new entrepreneurs <laughs> out there, people that have been in business or been in a, been an employee, really. Let's let's say what it is. They've been an employee for 20 years and they're finding out the traditional employment you know, avenues are falling by the wayside. There's disruption happening in every industry. Yep. Now they want to take yep. some of their wisdom, some of the things that they've learned, because they've learned some great things that can help either the younger side of them or learning how to take an idea and bring it to fruition. There's value in that, but they don't necessarily know where to begin, how to start. How do I take this knowledge that I've gained, this tool, let's call it a tool, if you will. How do I get in the marketplace to give the biggest benefit to the largest group of an ideal demographic as possible? Where do I start? Strategy. Any strategy. <laughs> a, it's strategy. <laughs> B, it's strategy, and C, it's strategy. But, but you know, the other thing is you can't be a – or you could, but it's not going to work out well. You can't be a 45-year-old executive in whatever. You've got some mm-hmm. depth of knowledge, expertise, whatever. Leave that and the next day go say, now I'm something else, right? So yeah. you need to be – you know, if, if, if you look backwards a little bit, the whole personal branding thing that started with Tom Peters, you know, I don't know 20, mm-hmm. 20 years ago or whatever – it's a little bit different today. The personal branding today is not just, you know, I'm a connector or whatever that that is, but uh, you have more opportunity to demonstrate that through writing and sharing and all, all those type of things. So if you're in that place, I would say there's lots of things you should be doing before you sort of sign your jump. papers at HR. Right. So, right. you know, right. start easy. If you're, hey, I'm not a writer. I don't know how to know. OK, well, curate stuff and share it with people in, in your industry, mm-hmm. in your space. Get to be known as someone. Then try to add some new things to it. And, you know, that doesn't take a lot of time, energy and effort. You know, you can put aside two, three hours a week, a week. Um, you can get some damage done and get a sense mm-hmm. of it and, and see what it is. Mm-hmm. It's not that easy to just go out there and say, oh, here I am, mm-hmm. world, come and find me. Yeah, it's very right. difficult. People, I think, are, are enamored with what they see. What they don't know is behind the scenes, the 36 months that led up to that. Right. Yeah, and, the, and the scars and the bumps and the bruises that go to that. And I think there's a lot of folks. I, I think a couple of years ago, there was a lot of movement in the personal development space that you can go out right off the bat and data aggregate a bunch of information, <laughs> the top 10, 20 things from the top 10, 20 people. And you can take that, you can package that and you can sell that. Every, it's OK to do that. The challenge comes with that is when somebody comes back to you and says, 
hmm, okay, what happened here, here, and here when we did these three things? Well, the person, the data aggregator, has absolutely no clue how to integrate those changes. So there became a lull in the industry of how do we deal with that? And I think a lot of those folks that got on the bandwagon here realized there wasn't a lot of longevity in that. And so I, I guess a, a question is, is when it comes to information, and I, I, you know, I know the answer to this because both Chris and I, and I know you do, but there's a lot of folks that, that bought into taking somebody else's information, taking what's available in the marketplace and trying to repackage it and repurpose it and make a livelihood out of that. I think that's very difficult. Um, what, what has the, the, the biggest value? Taking that, taking great information that's already been done or taking a personal story, a personal experience that has an exact trajectory and a set of results that was really good and focusing that to that demographic to make an impact. Does that make sense? Yeah, it makes sense. What I would sort of maybe disagree a touch on that is at some level, I kind of don't care as the, as the buyer, because oftentimes we mm -hmm. don't think about enough from being in the content space of what, what does the buyer need and what do they want? And we're too stuck right. in our, is this my idea, whatever. What do they want? They want an outcome and a result, right? Mm -hmm. So um, obviously they would prefer something unique, but if you have a way to package, position, pivot, twist, do something a little bit different mm -hmm. with a body of work that's out there, assuming you're not violating copyright laws and, and that right. kind of things, um, great, do it. Because a, a wise buyer in the corporate space, I'm not talking about the personal development side, because that's a whole different mm -hmm. set of, yeah. of uh, criteria there, success criteria. But on the corporate side, on the, on the business side, which is where we practice, not because uh, uh, you know we have some sort of an intellectual bias there, but you rob banks because that's where the money is, right? right. Um, <laughs> yeah. So makes a lot makes but, a ton of sense. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, the corporate, the corporate and financial uh, industry, the world, dealing with that specifically as the number one reason for aggregation, there, there, there's only a handful of things that you do, okay? And, and like you were saying, there's only so many things that you can do, um, and repurposing some of those things around ideas are great. I think a lot of people, though, are finding that they want to play in that, but they're actually over here in the personal development or, or, or self-help world, and they don't, and, and, and they, this happens because they don't have that way to really scale or monetize it. They become one of those, one of them, you know, the group well, but, that... Uh, but not knowing the world that you're in is a big mistake, and yeah. I see this a lot. And I think, you know, the, one yeah. of the litmus tests, to me, there's three markets for content. There's the individual consumer market, right? Mm -hmm. There's the yes. SMB, small and mid-sized business, which is actually mm -hmm. 20 subsets of entrepreneurs and high-growth companies, et cetera. And then there's the, the Fortune 1000 government agencies, NGO, you know, big global mm -hmm. scale organizations. Um, you can be in two of those markets at once, but they have to be next to each other. So you can be an SMB and big business at once or SMB and consumer at once. You can't be in consumer and big business at the same time. And if you're not sure where your stuff fits, the litmus test is if I worked at IBM or fill in the blank for a big company, Citibank, would I have the audacity to expense this as, as a, something that would benefit me professionally? And if it doesn't meet that test, mm. you're in the consumer space. And and again, if you choose to be there, that's great. Not a place we choose to practice, but that's got a whole different set of rules and standards and 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 mm -hmm. you know the, the information marketing business, which is a lot of a lot of sizzle, not a lot of steak. Right. So you're selling. Yeah. I like that. I hear that uh, yeah. 
you know, here's the diet book that says you can eat cookies all day. Well, no, you can't. Right. Here's the book that right. says for a right. dollar a day, you can make it rich in real estate. No, you can't. You know? so. mm-hmm. Bring it to, to you like it. Yeah. Bring it to you like, like it, it is. is. <laughs> uh, yeah. Peter, Peter, I love uh, I love the way you approach things and um, I love uh, what you've done. And you know, you've worked with some pretty incredible companies. And, uh, you know, it's very impressive, uh, you know, if, um, if, if people uh, have a look. So on that note, where do people connect with you? You know, a CEO listening in right now or someone in a C-level, uh, you know, looking at what they want to do in this space and, and content. How do they get a hold of you? What could they expect when they get a hold of you? Give us a perspective on that. Well, the how is easy. They can go to the website, which is thoughtleadershipleverage.com. Uh, they can email me directly at peter at thoughtleadershipleverage.com. You can find me on Twitter, which is at Peter Winnick, uh, the usual place, you know, LinkedIn, all that kind of stuff. Sure. The website's probably the, the, the best place. The first place. Um, yeah, that's, that's probably the best place. And, you know, where, where we start with folks, which probably won't be shocking now that we're getting towards the sort of the tail end <laughs> of this, is always on something strategic, right? So we never take on, hey, my book's coming out in six weeks and you help me market the book. No. What do you think of my social uh, blah, blah, blah? No. It's like there's two entry points. There's a strategy engagement or what we call an enterprise readiness assessment, which is an evaluation of an organization's readiness to succeed in the enterprise space. So gotcha. that's where we start. And uh, we don't deviate from that. Every time we've done that in the last dozen years, we've regretted it. So we don't do it sure. anymore. Took us sure. Most people don't make the same mistake twice. I think we made it twice, but uh, <laughs> well, we won't okay. make it a third time. That's you, you just wanted to try again, see what you can do. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> I, I forgot what it was like to burn my hand on the stove. You know, <laughs> yes. 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 I think I, 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 I think I, I fit into that a little bit there as well. So, <laughs> um, and uh, so we'll, we'll post that and make sure that people can get a hold of you and um, you know definitely. Uh, when we go to get this out into the uh, to the networks, uh, we'll make it very clear uh, based on on what you offer. So appreciate that, Alan. What else uh, do we have? Man, this time just you know when you're having fun and it's great content, and we're listening to uh, someone who's got you know an, an enormous amount of experience. We really appreciate it, Peter, coming on our show and, and sharing the things that you know. Um, it's always hard to squeeze it all in. It's all hard to squeeze it in, but. Um, there's lots of ways, like you said, that you can get a hold of Peter uh, for the audience out there. Uh, take them up on it, you know, and, and uh, if it's something that's resonating and certainly uh, within our uh, network of people, uh, I'm starting to think about some of the people I've worked with mm-hmm. that can certainly use some of the stuff that I've read about uh, that you do and obviously what we're talking about right now. So uh, we'll be a great conduit for that as well, Peter, uh, going forward. Um, Alan, what else uh, What else can we squeeze in before we uh, start to – Tail end on before this show. Wind down and before we, before we before wind down, before we wind down, awesome. Which of course you are, Peter. Um, uh, get real. How do you sort this? And maybe and maybe this is maybe this is uh, a little too close uh, to call, but or maybe I shouldn't ask, but I'll ask it anyway. <laughs> How do you guys or what criteria do you use to sort your kind of clients so that people 
that pretty that, that feel that they want to use your maybe they're going to repackage or repurpose or redirect how they approach you what's your sorting tool for for bringing somebody on and, and taking on their responsibility of of helping you know scale a company and individual yeah, or so, a business so there's two so we have four distinct client types it's not an exact science but the pattern seems to hold so one group of our clients are authors and speakers right so they've written a book or 10 they're doing 50 100 keynotes a year um they realize that's not sustainable. They want to take it to the next level. That's one group. Second mm -hmm. group is we do a lot of work with elite academics. We have clients at Yale, at Wharton, London School of Business, talks up at Dartmouth, et cetera. Really, 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 really smart folks uh, in the yeah. academic world. And all of a sudden something happens. Me. Yeah, no, nor I. <laughs> um, uh, uh, but I get the sweatshirts when I go up there. Um, yeah. Oh, nice. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> but they've done something that's caused them to get an unexpected flood of positive attention. It could be a TED Talk, a nomination for Nobel Prize, whatever. And they're getting a lot of demand that they don't know what to do with. So that's another group. Right. Third group that we deal with are boutique consultancies around the world in various spaces. So uh, consultancy, and I'm a consultant, so it's not a bad thing. You're in the body business, right? So you're you're you're, you're selling people's time, ultimately. And that right. is a business that typically only grows arithmetically. If you're doing it a long yeah. time, you actually, as, as a, uh, a byproduct of that, you've created a lot of stuff, models and tools, mm -hmm. and maybe written a book or whatever. And then want to start to look at that side of the house and go, what could I do with all these idle assets? And then right. the last group that we deal with are CEOs, co-founders, CXOs, et cetera, of either high growth, high visibility companies that are at that sort of pre-IPO, IPO, immediately post-IPO stage, or super senior level exec CEOs in the Fortune 500 that are going to leave the C-suite soon and move on to uh, uh, that next phase in life, which it used to be you retired at 62 and you were dead at 65, so you don't have to worry about that a lot. But now we're living a long time, so they want to do something right. for some period of time. Phase so that's two. One select, yeah, yeah phase two. exactly, the phase two stuff. Yeah. And they're relevant. You know, they want to stay relevant about something. So right. that's one way we select. And the other way is price. I mean, quite frankly, in this, in, in this space, there's a lot of broke people. Um, we're not yeah. the Red Cross. If you can't afford us, I'm sorry. But, uh, right, right. You know, uh, and if you're not willing to make sure. an investment in help in your business, then it, it tells us that you're not serious. So between understanding right. the client segments and having a price point that is fair and reasonable and, and one where clients get value from, cool. But, uh, you know, I get, I get asked all the time to do you know, things for free. And it's like, I would you go to your dentist and say, if you do these three cavities for free, I think I got five more for you next year. Just yeah, it doesn't work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a market for that, but that's not what we're talking about. Yeah, right. exactly, exactly. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. a friends and family version, and that's not and that's not the 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 uh, arena you play in. Well, that's cool. Yeah. I wrote all those well, well, you, that's great. If you do, yeah, I did too. And uh, certainly, uh, some uh, CEOs and C suites, uh, high growth, came to mind mm -hmm. that I know. Um, you know, looking at phase two and what do they do and keep the accolades. Uh, that they've been able to accomplish, you know, moving forward and, and, and helping others. They're in that new sort of mindset. You know, they've gotten their companies to where they, you know, feel and now what can they do to help others? And, and there's a lot of people that I uh, am connected with. So, Peter, you've got some people that I'm going to introduce you to for sure. Likewise. Um, that yes. I can think, yeah, <laughs> that I can think of uh, right off the top of my head. I actually wrote a, a list out as you were talking. Um, Peter, thanks for uh, taking some time out. Uh, you know, we always really appreciate, especially, you know, busy people like yourself that, um, you know, come on our show, but yeah, have something, you know, of great value for those who, you know, fit your 
um, your uh, personas, uh, you know, those people that, you know, you talked about just recently uh, in those four buckets. Um, we, uh, we always have something in our show that we, you know, really appreciate when uh, someone leaves something uh, for someone that's listened in, you know, has what you, uh, you know, have to offer. Um, but getting to where you have, you've grown as well. I mean, you've had personal growth and, you know, yeah. What can you leave people with today as a bold move that, you know, you can think about, uh, you either talked about, and I know maybe you did say strategy and strategy is a big thing is know what you want, you know, at the end of it. But, uh, and that could be it. Um, but is there anything else that you want to leave with, uh, you know, our audience today that would suggest that, you know, where they want to go and, and maybe something that you can give them as a little golden nugget, uh, to get their butts off and go do it. Yes, if I said no now, that would be horribly disappointing. So I'm going to have to come up with something. Um, <laughs> yes. Yeah, no, I can't go to like exit theme music like he said. No. <laughs> what I would say is uh, it's certainly true for me as, as a business owner, as well as my clients that do the best, is um, honesty and self-awareness and introspection, right? So the clients that have struggled the most before um, – Weren't not that they were dishonest, but they weren't self-aware or introspective enough to realize that, you know, yeah, just because you're super duper smart in X doesn't mean that that's naturally going to translate into everything that you touch. Right. And, you know, it's OK to get uh -huh. some help. Right. Like I, I suck at details, uh -huh. as my team will tell you, you know, um, I'm, I know what I'm good at. You know, I'm good at strategy and I'm good at generating business. Um uh, project management, if you gave that to me, the project will not be met, you know, like, like deadlines won't happen, but I have the utmost respect for processes and systems and, uh, you know, in our organization, we've got a couple of people that that's all they do. So I was smart enough to get people that are really gifted in a space that's a weakness for me personally to build out the capabilities of the team. Mm -hmm. So organizationally, you know, that's not a big, uh, uh, weakness for us, right. weakness for me, right. but, but, <laughs> figured out how to, how sure. to uh, get around it. Yeah, for sure. Well, you focus on what you do and, and uh, you know, you, you, you hire the rest out. Let somebody else work their genius. That's not yours. And that, you know, I, a lot of people are afraid to let go of that. So appreciate yeah, that. Exactly. But, uh, exactly. Great having you on the show. Appreciate uh, you very much, Peter. Thanks for coming. And uh, we'll, we'll make sure that uh, a, a lot of folks that get this, even if they don't want it, we're going to give it to them anyway. We'll make sure that's that even better. access to there. You right. go. <laughs> we'll make sure that uh, all the contact information is uh, is given their way. Thanks again, Chris. As usual, the blast, my friend, doing this with you. Take us away. I always have fun. I'm always having fun, and you know this show is a lot of fun. Um, and to the point, you know, we repurpose and we put it on YouTube, and we have uh, all these touch points out there. So uh, I really enjoyed this. You know, it did a lot for me thinking, and uh, I always uh, really enjoy someone who can help me ponder thought and um, and think about my own strategies and, and things that I'm working on. And um, so I really appreciate that part of it for sure. And I know the audience would appreciate uh, some of the things and, 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 and probably a lot of the things that you uh, had to offer. Uh, they might not even fit into your buckets, but, you know, just little things that can make them, you know, sure. think a little bit and, and come from a, come from a different place and, and understand what thought, thought leadership is. So, that's one thing I, I hear a lot of, but you know, I like your definition of it and it makes a ton of sense and uh, really appreciate that. So on that note, if anybody's looking for uh, 
guests like Peter let us know. Even though we've got a full plate, we've got lots going on, we've always appreciated uh, comments and anything that you want to send, questions, info at thinkbullbeeble.com. Of course, you can come to Facebook and post, and uh, we'll be uh, sure to add Peter into this uh, so that he can do some comments back and forth, and he can get to know a little bit about uh, his company and what they do that can help you if you fit into those buckets. Appreciate you, Peter. Thank you, and enjoy your day. Uh, I'm going to try it. It's yeah, of course, and um, I'm going to try to. It's a little thundery uh, and and crazy cracking and everything out here uh, at the beach, but uh, the sun's always shining behind the clouds, I say, and uh, we'll have some fun anyway. <laughs> and for everybody out there, it wouldn't be a show without me saying, do something nice for someone today. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.